Well, good evening. It's good to be with you. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 this evening. It's been some time ago. As a matter of fact, I looked, I think it was 2018. We did a Sunday evening service or sermon series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, we, uh, we, we covered giving uh, during, that, during that series. Uh, Isai Amaya actually uh, preached uh, on that section. And tonight I, I want us to take a little different uh, look at the scripture. certainly appreciate uh, what, what Isai preached to us. Uh, but I want us to think tonight about giving to please God. Um, it's interesting when we begin to have sermons about giving, a lot of people are like, oh, here comes the sermon on giving, right? But it's, I, I want us to think about our giving a little differently this evening. It's not different in the fact that um, we're not commanded to give or we're not commanded to give uh, in, in multiple ways with our tithe. Uh, with our time, our money, our gifts and talents, all of those things are still true. But I want us to think about the heart of our giving. There are three things that I want us to, to see uh, as, we, as we look at Scripture this evening. I want us to see that uh, first we, we have to give with the right motives in our heart. And as we're giving with the right motives in our heart, that will lead us to understand that we are to, number two, be discreet in the, the way that we give and when we give. And finally, if we are doing those things, we will be rewarded by our Father in heaven. America is a giving nation, regardless of what you may have heard. Uh, the United States is a benevolent giving nation. Um, lots of people like to think that uh, you know, the United States is, is a greedy nation, and I know there's been lots of negative um, thoughts and feelings towards America, but uh, if you look at what the United States does in, in giving, uh, we have been an unprecedented giver in philanthropy as individuals, as corporations. Uh, in the year of 2020, we were going through the pandemic, right? And you might think in the global pandemic that giving would be down. But in fact, the United States gave a record $471 billion dollars to charitable causes in 2020. That's an increase of 5% over what was given in 2019. When we compare to the rest of the world, it's not even close. The United States is the most generous nation on the world when it comes to charitable giving. But the way that the United States gives is obviously not always in line with what God's word says, and it's not given in the right way. And this is where I'm gonna draw some distinctions tonight as we begin to talk about charitable giving and the way that we give, the way that we, way that we serve. Oftentimes we see large corporations giving big cardboard checks, right? So that everybody knows, and you can read all the zeros, how much they are giving. Sometimes they give and they get a wing with their name on a hospital or a building or a tower that's placed on a college campus. The charitable giving is to be seen. Charitable giving is to be recognized. It is to be honored when we give the way that the world gives. And that is not what God wants for us. Our church, as we think about our church, our church regularly participates in giving to missions financially. We give through donations of money, we give through donations of items like we do when we have Dare to Care or we have the Operation Christmas. And while we do talk about those things, 
I hope and pray that there is not a single person that gets self-righteous or puffed up because of the things that we do through our giving, because that is not what God wants for us. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the award that we received today, and I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not against those things, but I do want to make sure that as a church, we understand that we give all glory to God, 100%. You heard that this morning that was said by both gentlemen that were on, uh, on the stage, both Pastor Josh and the gentleman from the KBC. We are giving glory to God for what he has done. They recognized what we had done, but we're giving glory to God. And I'll touch on, uh, is it wrong for us to be recognized? We'll talk about that uh, as we go along. Christmas time in general lends itself to us being very charitable and giving to those who are less fortunate. And I hope and pray that as Christians, we take advantage of opportunities that we have to help those who are less fortunate than we are, especially during the winter, the holiday season, as many people are in dire need. The thing that we need to remember as Christians is that when we give, we must give to please God and him alone. So tonight, as we look at this passage from the Sermon on the Mount, I want us to reflect on the way that we give, whether you're giving your time, your money, your talents, or other things, and make sure that we are doing it all through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, and for the glory of God the Father. So please join me as we look at the scripture Scripture again is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I hope that you recognize this. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' longest recorded sermon. And there is a ton for us to learn by looking in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. I, I always enjoy reading Scripture, but especially sweet when we can hear directly from our Lord and Savior. Scripture says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whether you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you. So whenever, excuse me, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be, applaud, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. So first thing that we're going to look at is, is, is that first point that I mentioned, that when we give, we must give with the right motives in our heart. Verse 1 says, be careful not to practice your righteousness. And when we see righteousness, some of you may have a note that says, or charitable giving, uh, as it says in some manuscripts, in front of others to be seen by them. As followers of Christ, we are called to be benevolent and charitable to those who are in need. Scripture tells us this. If we read in Proverbs 14.31, we see that it says, The one who oppresses the poor person insults his maker, but the one who is kind to the needy honors him. So in that scripture, we're told that we are to not oppress the poor, but we're to be kind, we're to be benevolent to those who are in need, and we're honoring God when we do that. Proverbs 19.17 says that kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord, and he will give a reward to the lender. In Acts, we have an example 
of Tabitha, or also called Dorcas, who was doing good works and acts of charity in the church. And if you remember that story, she became sick and died. And she had been prepared or washed. And as Peter got there, he went up and he commanded her the name of the Lord to get up. And she opened her eyes and sat up. And when we look at her 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 life, even though what we have is short, what we see is that she was always doing good works and acts of charity for others. She was being faithful. So yes, we are certainly to practice righteousness. We are certainly to give to those who are in need. We are to be charitable to others. But we must do so in the proper way. Our only concern in our giving should be that we are honoring our God. And our only goal should be his honor and his glory. When we think about this, ultimately, we must recognize that there is a problem. The problem is the human heart. And the human heart is the key to this and so many other things. And it is wonderful that in Jesus teaching this, that he addresses this just before we get to these things in chapter 6. So if you look back just a little bit in chapter 5, specifically verses 14 through 16, we'll see Jesus talk about something that might seem contradictory unless we take them in light of uh, what, what Jesus is commanding for us to do. So Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, if we stop right there at the end and says, so that they may see your good works, if we were to put a period there, we would not have the issue with people doing things to be seen by others. But Christ didn't stop there. He is concerned with our heart. He, he knows our hearts. He knows our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts can lead us astray. Our hearts can have ulterior motives while we might be acting one way externally, our heart may be thinking something differently. And he says, and give glory to your Father in heaven. Friends, ultimately we have to understand that when we do things, we have to ask ourselves a difficult question. Who are we doing this for? Who is receiving the glory when I do this thing or give this money? or spend my time and efforts on this. Who is receiving the glory? Am I doing this for the recognition and reward that I'm going to receive from others? Or am I doing it to glorify God? If we ask ourselves that question when we start, and we know deep down inside that our motives are incorrect, we was just as might as well not do it. Especially if our expectation is that we're doing something for the Lord, because he's already told us in Scripture that if we do it and we're doing it for the glory of other people, that we have received our reward already when we get that, hey, good job, that pat on the back. That's all you're getting. You've received your reward. We would be better off if when we did it, we evaluated our heart and did it with a clear conscience, knowing that we were doing it for the glory of the Lord. Are we faithfully serving for the recognition of and reward of others, or are we faithfully serving for the recognition of our God and Father in heaven? At the end of verse 1 there, it says, Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. 
So in seeking that recognition of others, we, we forfeit our reward in heaven. And I don't know about you, but when I see Scripture say, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, that means that I'm serving my Lord, and I'm serving my Lord because I want to be faithful and I want to serve him, and I really could care less about what anyone else says. I'm doing it for that audience of one. I'm doing it for God. And if you're doing it with the right heart and the right motive, you will be rewarded. How do I know that? Because God has promised it. So what rewards are we forfeiting, you might ask? What sort of things is the reward? A lot of times people's interest really gets piqued when they hear, oh, there's a reward? Oh, well, what kind of reward are we talking about? Well, in Scripture, I think that we're told that there's a reward, and it's left there. But let me tell you, I have stood on a beach in Hawaii with hardly anyone around, and I'm thinking, man, this would be an awesome reward. But guess what? That has nothing, nothing even close to compare to what God has in store for us in heaven. So while I can't tell you exactly what that reward is, we know that God who has given us all good things, including that beautiful beach with almost no people and turquoise water and soft white sand that, that I love so much, he has so much better in store for us. So much better. So much better than a full bank account and a cupboard that's full of food and two and a half cars in a garage and a chicken in every pot and all of those things that, that Americans love to, to kind of feel and put their, their faith and trust in. No, he has got so much more prepared for us to reward us. We have to understand that. And in Scripture, we do get some glimpses, and we're going to look at two of them briefly. So in 1 Corinthians Chapter 3, we'll look at two verses, 8 and 14. Verse 8 says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his labor. Now in that scripture, they're talking about the preaching of the word, whether some are following Paul or some are following Apollos. And it says, it doesn't matter. Some plant, some, some prepare the soil, some water. God gives the increase, right? God provided the seed, God provided the water, God provided the soil, God provides the increase. So it's not even up to you. You're to be faithful in doing what you are asked to do. And he says that you will receive your own reward for your labor. Down in 14, if anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through the fire. So you see, again, there's this idea of receiving a reward for faithful service to the Lord. Final thing that I, that I will mention on this is, is actually from Revelation 22. And it, it, it says, look, I am coming soon and my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. To lose a reward is not to lose one's salvation. It's important for us to understand that when we're talking about losing a reward, we're not talking about our crown of life. We're not talking about our ability to, to be with God in heaven. So to those who have confessed faith in Jesus Christ, those who have believed upon uh, Jesus Christ in, in their heart and have confessed him with their mouth, they are saved. But we can absolutely forfeit our rewards in heaven. Our well done, my good and faithful servants. Those can be forfeited through our heart in our hardness of our heart, in our, our desire to be rewarded or acknowledged before men. 
it's important for us to understand that. It's important for us to, to, to understand that God is going to have us stand before the Bema seat of judgment, and we're going to give an account for the things that we have done for the Lord, and we will be rewarded. Verse 2 from our primary text in, in chapter 6 says, So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. I like the word whenever. I, I hope that you like the word whenever in this, in this verse as well because whenever assumes that you're going to give. It assumes that. The assumption is that we're going to take care of others. We are going to be benevolent. We are going to be charitable in our giving, that we're going to love and care for others. And it says, don't sound a trumpet. The Pharisees would often seek to be recognized when they were giving to the poor. If they were making a loan, if they were helping someone out, they would seek to be seen. And seek to be seen because they wanted people to see how righteous and upstanding they were. They would take those same verses that we read from Psalms just a little bit earlier, and they would twist those into, I'm doing something for God. God needs me to do this because I'm doing something for God. And in me doing this, I am proving how righteous I am. And they would become puffed up. Jesus spoke to the crowds about this in Matthew 23, and he, he denounces them soundly. He talks about how people would be better off to listen to the things that they say and do it rather than to emulate what they're doing. And he says they don't do, they'll tie up a heavy load on you, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them themselves. They do everything to be seen by others. They enlarge their phylact phylacteries, they lengthen their tassels, they love the place of honor at banquets, front seat in the synagogue, greetings in the marketplace, to be called rabbi by people. They wanted that because that was building them up instead of building the Lord up. They had a misunderstanding. And so now we understand why Jesus calls them a brood of vipers and is angry with them and pronounces woes because of the things that they were doing, because they were stealing the honor and glory that belonged to the Father. They gave alms to the poor. They would do so and make sure that it was, the sound was heard when they would put the money in the box so the people would hear, oh, listen how much money they put in. They're a righteous person. Listen, listen to them putting in the alms for the poor. They received their reward right then when that person heard. So this begs a question for us tonight as we begin to kind of think about, so how does this apply to us? Let me ask you a question. How does this apply to how you give and how you serve how does this apply to people who might be doing something perfectly fine, uh, as in maybe serving in a soup kitchen during Thanksgiving or, or, or doing some other thing, but they feel the need to take selfies and then post on social media about how they're serving in order to get 75, 80 likes on how they have served? I'm not to say that that person isn't uh, posting in a, in a righteous way, because I don't judge hearts. I can't see what's on the heart. But I think we need to be careful with doing things so that others can see our righteousness. This morning we had uh, the KBC with us that presented a recognition award for, for work that has been done here at this church. 
And I think that I, I can speak for all, all the elders and say that we're, we sort of feel awkward about that at, at, at times because what we are doing at this church and what I hope all of us are doing is we're serving for the glory of the Lord. And, and while we appreciate uh, the, the, that we were, we were recognized, and, and, and I don't want to diminish that at all, I want us to receive it with the right heart. I don't want us to be puffed up. I don't want us to be conceited. I don't want us to be prideful and arrogant enough to think that we are doing that. There is not a single person here who can save anyone. None of the elders, as talented as, as Josh is at preaching and, and Womble is at teaching and Jake is at, at teaching youth and preaching and ministering to, chil- to, to children and youth, uh, we, nothing that we do can save anyone. And we're not doing it of our own power because I believe if we were, we would be tremendous failures. So if anybody wants to say our church is growing, our church has seen baptisms, our, our church is, is, is very benevolent and we have given money to this and we've done these things, we say praise God. Because it is only through God working in the hearts and lives of the people here, number one, are we saved? Number two, are we worthy of serving him? He is the one who provides. He is the one who works. He is the one who gives us the money. He is the one who gives us the talents and the skills and the abilities to do the things that this church does. And if we, we ever get away from doing the things that we do for anything other than the honor of God, we are going to begin to fail. Church, we cannot allow recognition to draw us off into thinking that we're awesome. Because we're sinners, and and truth be told, we all deserve hell. But thank God for Jesus Christ, right? Amen? Thank God that he is working in this place. Thank God that he is leading. Thank God that he is on the move. All glory to God. I'm just glad to be here, right? I told my Sunday school class this this morning as an example. I'm like the guy at the end of the bench for... Uh, the Golden State Warriors when they won the championship. I've never played a minute. I've never done anything other than be on the the practice squad getting torched by uh, Steph Curry every day. But when they hand out the championship rings, I'm right there. They're going to call my name and they're going to say, who's that? Right? When it comes to serving our Lord, I honestly don't care if people know who I am. I don't. I'm glad you guys do it. I'm glad you love me because I love you too, but honestly, I'm here to serve the Lord. I care about what God thinks. I want God to think that I do a good job. I want God to think that I'm faithful in my service. I really don't care if you guys know the things that I do, because you shouldn't. Uh, As far as my giving, uh, I'm responsible to you for my job duties, right? But I want to be faithful to God, and I hope that all of you feel the same way. I hope that all of you feel the same way, that, you know, at the end of the day, if your name's not in lights and, and you don't get a wing of a hospital named after you, I hope that you're like, praise God, I hope everything that I've done has been to his honor and his glory. Moving on to point two. We are to be discreet when we give. Verse three from our primary text in, in Matthew six says, but when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. I'm not gonna belabor this point, but I, I do want us to, to understand that 
It's odd to think about my right hand not knowing what my left hand is doing. But the idea is here is that I'm doing what I feel prompted to do by the Holy Spirit. I'm being faithful in service to God, and then I'm going to do that, and I'm going to trust God with it. And then I don't need to go tell anyone. Sometimes, depending on if you're going to be giving a lot of money and you're married, I would say maybe consult with your spouse. That would be awesome. Pray about it, but be faithful. And when you're done, let that be it. There's no need for us to continue to bring that up or, or, or talk about it or share it. Sometimes when we are teaching our kids, when we're, this, this question was something that was kind of brought up recently in, in a Sunday school class. We were talking about whether or not in teaching our children tithing, we should even talk about how much we give. My opinion is no. We talk about what God says we should give from a percentage perspective, a tithe and what an offering is. They need to understand those things. But really, that's, that's none of their concern. That's between us and God. They need to know we give. They need to know how much God uh, you know, tells us in Scripture that, that the tithe is. But it's not important how much we give. I intentionally don't keep up with what the church offering is. I know what the offering is. I'm glad that we're meeting the, the, the budget, obviously, so we have lights on and things. But I, I don't keep up with that because I believe that that's 100% a private matter. We are to give in secret. We are to give so that we can be a blessing. We are to give so that we will not be recognized. We are to give so that we'll receive the reward. And thirdly, when we do these things, when we, when we have given with a right heart, when we have given with um, discretion in, in our giving, we will be rewarded by our Father in heaven. Verse 4 says that simply. It says, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And I know this is a dad joke and you'll bear with me, but the rewards are out of this world, right? God will give us rewards in heaven, as I mentioned earlier, based on our faithfulness and service. And how do we know that? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body, whether good or or evil. The rewards are right and proper because we are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And they are righteous and just because God has promised them to us. He will give rewards in order to fulfill the law. He will make good on his promise that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Ultimately, the one thing that we should be longing to hear is, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I can think of no greater award, nothing that I could receive on this earth, nothing that will be greater than standing before God and hearing that from him. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is the greatest reward that we can ever receive to be recognized and commended by our Heavenly Father. So, in this season, as we're giving, as we're contemplating giving, as we continue to tithe and provide offerings and give good gifts to people, those in need, family members, friends, remember to give with a heart that wants God to be glorified. 
and not to be recognized in your giving. Remember that in doing so, we have a reward from God and that he is faithful and just and he will, he will do exactly what he says. And don't be afraid if your picture ends up on a social media and you're working at a, so, you're working at a soup kitchen, as long we're talking about the heart here. The, the heart is the most important thing. If you're doing that so that you can be seen, you have your reward. But if you have a, a pure heart and you're doing it to provide information to others, to let them know about opportunities that they can serve, as long as your heart is pure, I believe you'll be, still be rewarded in heaven. I don't want us to worry about people taking our photos as I want to make sure that we understand that it is not a problem if you're seen. Going back to Matthew 5, we are to practice our righteousness before men, but we are to do it with a pure heart. Okay? Let's have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed for the evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have encouraged us that you have told us in scripture that you will reward us when we faithfully serve you that we don't have to worry about acclaim and uh, accolades and awards here on earth but you are going to take care of us lord when we stand before you in heaven and i pray lord that every single one of us would have a pure heart when we give when we serve that we would not be doing it lord for our our own benefit pray that we would serve others in order to bring honor and glory to you and you alone. Lord, I love our church, and I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work mightily in our church. Help us, Lord, to continue to give you all the honor and glory for every single thing that is said and done here, Lord, that brings good outcomes. We pray, Lord, that we would praise you for that. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to work mightily in our community. We pray that you would increase our opportunities to serve. And we ask God.